It was 41 years ago this week, uh, 41 years ago on January 22nd, 1973, that Roe v. Wade was upheld by the Supreme Court of the United States, thereby legalizing states to uh, uh, authorize abortions on demand. Um, the third Sunday of January is typically known as Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and it's celebrated in churches all over the country. Um, in your bulletins this morning, there should have been an uh, informational packet about a group called PASS. And uh, PASS is a crisis pregnancy center for the south suburbs. Uh, and it's, uh, it's one of the, uh, it, we support their mission uh, and the things that they do from time to time. Um, and uh, we wanted to kind of pass along this information to you today about their organization. Um, they, uh, their website is passnetworkforlife.org. If you know somebody who is uh, dealing with abortion, uh, maybe they're in a crisis pregnancy, uh, they're struggling with decisions and, and they don't know what to do, PASS is a great resource to be able to direct them to and say, hey, you know, there are people who hear and they, they do uh, intervention, they do uh, counseling, they do post-abortion counseling. Um, for those who uh, have had abortions. Um, since 1983, uh, Pregnancy Aid South Suburbs, that's what PASS stands for, is Pregnancy Aid South Suburbs, has provided a safe, non-judgmental environment for pregnancy, parenting, family, relationships, and restoration resources for women and men. PASS operates with four organizational aspects, prevention through impact abstinence education program, intervention with free and confidential pregnancy, pregnancy services, education, which is uh, through their abundant life classes, and restoration for their hope and healing program. Uh, we have included this info today because it is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and it's not to pass judgment, it's not to condemn, uh, it's merely a resource for you or maybe for someone you know who is dealing with the crisis pregnancy center, who may be considering an abortion, who may have had an abortion. And the question I want to ask this morning is, how did we get here? I mean, 40 years later, 35 to 40 million abortions in, a, in America, um, how did we get here? And I think that it's because we've lost something. And, and the thing that I think we've lost is the Imago Dei. Now, Imago Dei is Latin for image of God. And I, I think that we've lost this idea that human beings are made in the image of God. Uh, we're going to talk today about that. Um, I think we've lost the concept that we are made in God's image. I think we've lost the belief that human beings are special, that humanity is God's masterpiece, that God has created us special. He has created us uh, as his crowning achievement. Um, we have bought into the lie that human beings are merely machines or that human beings are merely animals. Uh, we are not animals. We are not machines. We are God's greatest creation. Um, and that is the reality of Genesis chapter 1, that God has made us special. We have become so desensitized to violence and murder uh, that we hardly bat an eye when it comes, when we hear things. Uh, it, it, uh, it hardly phases us to read newspaper headlines or to watch the evening news. And it's like, oh, well, you know, another murder in Chicago, another assault in Chicago. And, and that's where we hear about it most often. And we think our, to ourselves, that, oh, well, what can we do? You know, we become desensitized to it. People commit unspeakable acts against one another, and we, we hardly bat an eyelash. 
uh, women and children are assaulted. And what do we do? We change the channel. I can't hear this anymore. I just, there's got to be something better on. And we, we, we're desensitized to it. And it's just, you know, men and women and children are murdered in gang violence every single day. We hear about it on the news. And it just doesn't phase us anymore. We hardly even take notice. We'll, we'll hear about suicide bombings across the world, on, on, on the other side of the world. And we'll hear about suicide bombings and think, what's wrong with these people? How many of you have ever thought that? You hear about a suicide and just, what's wrong with people? Or, I have a better question. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with us? Why are we like this? You know, it's not so much, you know, while we'll never blow up a building we tear down others with our words. We rip people to shreds, stabbing them in the back, gossiping about them, saying things that we shouldn't say, doing things that we shouldn't do to other people. And you know what else? We don't shield our eyes. We sing the song as little kids, oh, be careful little eyes what you see, right? We don't shield our eyes. We're, we're not careful with what we see. And we fill our minds and our hearts with, with junk, with violence and, and this culture of death. And, and we're just filled with violence. It's all around us. From the movies we watch, to the TV shows we watch, to the songs we listen to, to the video games we play, there's violence everywhere, and it just desensitizes us to it. We need to recapture this idea that human beings are made in the image of God. Now, where does that come from? It comes from Genesis chapter 1. And we are continuing today in our sermon series called The Rise and Fall of Us All, based on Genesis chapters 1 through 3. We started this a couple weeks ago, talking about the existence of God and how we know that God exists. But not just how we know that God exists, we also talked about how we are to live in light of the fact that God exists. And then last week we talked about hearing from God, about God speaking into our world, uh, everything into existence, and how God continues to speak into our lives. He speaks light, and He speaks hope, and He speaks love, and He speaks peace into our lives. And that's what we talked about last week. Now, if you have missed either one of the first two sermons in this sermon series and you'd like to see them, you can go to gfcc.net and click on Watch Listen, and you can see any of our past sermons that we have on there. We've got um, uh, dozens of sermons, uh, videos, and audio. If, you, if you're an audio person, if you have an iPod and you want to download the podcast, we have a podcast available at the iTunes store, and you can download the podcast to your iPod or your iPad and listen to... Uh, past sermons that you may have missed or ones that you really liked and, and want to hear over again, uh, you can do that at the iTunes store uh, as well as you can do that on our website. Um, next week, we're going to talk about God resting and how God rested from his creative activity and how we need to rest too. We need rest. How many of you need rest? I feel like, yeah, don't fall asleep right now. But, uh, but we need rest. We are running ourselves ragged and we are tired and we are weary and we need rest. And we're going to talk about rest next week. Uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about God's story and how he created uh, a, a people for himself as we talk about Adam and Eve. Uh, in three weeks, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about God's design for marriage and what marriage is all about. Uh, and that's the week leading up to Valentine's Day, so it'll be all nice and sweet and mushy romantic stuff. Yay. Um, oh, hopeless romantic, right? No. Um, but uh, 
And then the week after that, we're going to talk about the fall of us all as we talk about Genesis chapter 3. So that's where we're going over the next several weeks. Um, But today we're talking about God's masterpiece. And in the book of Ephesians, it talks about how we are God's workmanship. We are his masterpiece created uh, to do good works. That God has created us special and he has created us in his image and in his likeness. And that's what we're going to study today. So if you'll turn in your Bible, if you'll grab a Bible, if you didn't bring one, grab one in the pew in front of you. Um, grab your Bible and turn to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. And we're going to kind of read through this this morning as we go through this passage, uh, talking about how we are God's masterpiece. Also, grab your bulletin. If you, you should have gotten one on your way in this morning, grab your bulletin and turn to the page 3. And we can fill in some blanks as well. And we're going to start right away with that. It's the first blank on your outline. It says we, The first blank on your outline is we are created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. The Hebrew word literally means form or likeness. We are created in the form of God. We are created in the likeness of God. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, what an amazing concept. What an amazing thought. That you have been made in the image, in the likeness of God. Let's read Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This concept is repeated in Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, where it says, When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man, humanity. Uh, That's who we are. That's what God has created us to be. We are created in the image of God. So what does that mean? Does it mean that we are God? Oh, no. (laughs) We are not God. Does it mean that we can become God? Oh, no, we cannot become God. But we are created in his form. We are created in his likeness. So what does it mean that we are created in the form, likeness, or image of God? And I I was reading, uh, as I was studying this week for uh, this morning's sermon, I read about four different ways that we are created in the image of God and what that means. What does it mean to be created in God's likeness and in his image? The first thing uh, that it means is that we are spiritual creatures. We are spiritual creatures. In the book of John, Jesus said that um, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So we, just as God is a spiritual creature, we are spiritual creatures. We were created with a purpose. We were created with a plan by God. And to have spiritual relationship with him, to have spiritual fellowship with him, we are spiritual creatures. The second way that we are created in God's image, the second thing that it means, um, is that... Uh, we are, um, we have a free will. We have a free will. We can choose whom we are going to serve. In Joshua 24, Joshua told the people, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And it was either going to be the gods of the people around them, or it was going to be the one true God Almighty. And so uh, we have a free will. We can make choices. Number three, we are created with a moral dimension. We are created with a moral dimension. We can know right from wrong. God knows right from wrong. He does not do the wrong. God is perfect. God is holy. He does not do the wrong. But he knows the difference between right and wrong. He has created us to know the difference between right and wrong. And then four, 
God, we are capable of rational thought. We are capable of rational thought. And just because we're capable doesn't mean that we always do it. Anybody who has kids can verify that <laughs> human beings may have rational thought, but they don't always do it. Anybody who has to make a decision or a thought on a daily basis probably goes, you know what, I am capable of rational thought, but I don't always have the ability. Nobody? I'm the only one? Anybody? Anybody? No? But we are capable of rational thought, but we don't always do it. But we are created in God's likeness. We are created in God's image, in His form. So what does that mean for us? Like, sitting here today, January 19, 2014, what does this mean for us that we are created in God's image? And that everybody around us, look around you for just a moment, take a look around, see people in the room, see all these people? They are all created in the image of God as well. All the folks in this room, everybody here, we all created in God's image. So what does that mean for us? It means we need to treat each other like we are created in God's image. It means we need to treat each other like we are created in God's form. We need to treat each other better than we treat each other now. Look at what James says in James chapter 3, verse 9. He says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Now we will tear somebody apart, we will rip somebody apart, we will tear them down, and, and that should not be. That these tongues that God has given us are not meant to tear people down, are not meant to rip people apart. We are not treating our fellow likeness bearers the way that they should be treated. So how are you treating your fellow likeness bearer? Are you treating them as Jesus would? What are you saying about them? What are you thinking about them? When you look around and you see other people, what do you think? What do you say? What do you think about the people who are made in God's image? Do you believe that everyone has value beyond measure? Because it's true. Everyone has been made in God's image. From babies in the womb to uh, elderly folks, maybe standing at the threshold of eternity. Men and women made in God's image. People of every color made in God's image. People of every tribe and language made in God's image. People of every religion made in the image of God. People with every kind of sin problem made in God's image. People of every kind of social status, all made in the image of God. People of every, this okay, ready? Curl your toes back in your shoes. People of every political persuasion, made in the image of God. Everyone is made in God's image. So how do we treat them? What did Jesus say? He said the second commandment is like the first. When he was asked what the greatest commandment is, this is what he said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love others. Love God and love others. Does that sound familiar? Love God and love others? That's what that's, what that's all about. Is that we love God first and we love others as well. All those people made in the image of God, we are to love them. You know, too often we just give lip service to John 3.16. God so loved the world. Yeah, 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 we know. Yada, yada, yada. No, it's not yada, yada, yada. It's true. God so loved the world. And what does it mean? What does the world mean? It means that everybody everywhere. That God loves everybody everywhere. And that Jesus died for everyone in the world because God loves them. And they are bearing His image. We are bearing the image of God. 
We are bearing His likeness. We are made in His image. I don't want to, I don't want to like puff you up too much, but you are made in the image of God. That God sees you and loves you and believes that you have immeasurable value. We'll talk about that in just a second, what it means to have immeasurable value. The second blank on your outline is we are stewards of the earth. We are stewards of the earth. Imagine that you go out of town, okay? You're going to go out of town. You're going to take a trip. You've got to go to Arizona, all right? For the, for, the, for the month of January, you've heard that the polar vortex is, is making a return this week. That's what they're saying. So the polar vortex is coming up. You, you get your stuff together as fast as you can. You call somebody up and say, hey, uh, I need you to come house sit for me. I am going to Arizona to escape the polar vortex. Okay, so I'm going to go escape the polar vortex. I need you to come over here and house sit for me for the next month. And then you give them a set of instructions on what they're supposed to do while they're house sitting for you. Okay, so I need you to bring in the mail every day. Uh, I need you to pick up the newspaper from in front of the door and bring it in every day. I need you to water the plants so the plants don't die. I need you to feed my fish, Nemo. I need you to feed Nemo. And I need you to take the dog for a walk. So mail, paper, plants, fish, dog. That's it. Just kind of keep the place neat and tidy. Everything will be great. I'll be back in a month. So you come back in a month. Okay, you come back home. You're tanned, looking good. You know, you escaped the polar vortex. You didn't freeze. That's great. Okay, so you come back home from Arizona. And uh, you pull up to the house. The mailbox is so stuffed with mail that the post office has quit delivery. They can't get anything more in it. That's kind of odd. There are 30 newspapers by the front door. Wait a minute. Did they not house sit for me? What, what's going on here? You take a walk around to the back and you look in the backyard and there's two little grave markers. One for the fish, one for the dog. Wait a minute! What is going on here? What happened to Nemo and my dog? You go into the front door, the place is trashed. Dirty clothes everywhere. Dishes fill, filling the sink. There is, uh, plants are all dead beyond uh, revivability. And, you're like, and, and there they are, there's, your house sitter is sitting right there with her feet propped up on your coffee table watching the ball game. What is going on here? What happened? I told you, I, I put you in charge of my house. I made you the steward of my house to take care of everything, and you trashed the joint. What is happening? Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 through 30. God blessed them, the people, and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So you tell them, I put you in charge of this place and you ruined it. God has made us stewards of the earth. He has given us this great home, this great place in which to live, this place that he created just for us. And what are we doing? We're trashing the place. You know, when you think about it, we're kind of trashing the place. You know, the mailbox is stuffed with mail and uh, the uh, papers are lining up. There's trash strewn all over the place. What are we doing? Throwing stuff out the car windows. We're driving down the road. What in the world is going on? Why are we doing it? Why are we trashing the place? 
Now, don't get me wrong, okay? I believe that we worship God alone. We do not worship His creation. We're not to be uh, earth worshipers. We don't worship the earth. We worship God alone. But God has made us stewards right there in Genesis 1, 28-30. He talks about how we are supposed to take care of the planet in which He gave us. We are to take care of this place. We are entrusted with the care of His creation. We are to take care of the plants. We are to take care of the animals. And we are not to mistreat or abuse them. We are to take care of this place, not trash it. We are to take care of the, of the creation uh, over which God has made us stewards. Um, now, we have dominion over the animals. Just like it says there in Genesis 1, 28 through 30, we have dominion over them. And we are to care for them. And let me be clear, we are not animals. We are different than the animals. God has created us special. We are his crowning achievement. Uh, animals are not created in God's image. Only humans are. So we, but we do not mistreat or abuse our animals. But we are not equals. Animals are not equal to human beings. You know how I know that? Because in the New Testament, it says that the blood of bulls and goats is not equal to the blood of a human. That the blood of bulls and goats, sac animal sacrifices, couldn't take away the sins of humanity. But you know what? Jesus did because he was a human sacrifice in one life for the lives of the many. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. We are called to care for God's creation. We are called to be good stewards of it. So reduce, reuse, recycle. Those are all good things to do. It's good things to do. Take care of the planet. And don't trash your little corner of it. Okay? That's enough about that. Well, the last blank on your outline is we are God's very good creation. We are God's very good creation. Look at Genesis 1.31. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The word for very in the Hebrew means exceedingly or thoroughly. Exceedingly or thoroughly. God looked at everything up until now. Okay, in the first five and a half days of creation. All right, until he makes humanity. And he looks at everything else and says it's good. Okay, he creates the light, says it's good. Creates the atmosphere, says it's good. Creates the water and the land, good. Uh, creates the vegetation, good. Creates the animals, good. And then he creates people. And he creates us for a purpose. He creates us for a reason. He creates us to have fellowship and relationship with him. And then he says, it is very good. It is exceedingly good. It is thoroughly good. Very, very good. That's what we are. It wasn't complete until he made us. And we are thoroughly very good. God was not done until he created people. And when he did, he called it very good. Uh, in Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 and 5, I read this at the beginning of the service. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, lower than the angels, and have crowned him with glory and honor. We are God's crowning achievement. We are crowned with glory and honor. God made us and he called us very good. And you know what we did? We broke it. We sinned. We disobeyed. We rebelled against God and he had to punish us. But he did not leave us up to our own devices. He did not say, you know what, forget it, I'm done with you, I made you, I don't like you anymore, you sinned against me, you rebelled against me, I don't want anything to do with you, you know, forget it, you're done, 
I'm washing my hands of the whole thing. I'm walking away. God did not do that. God did not say that. We had our membership class this week, and we talked about the Bible, God's Word. And we talked about how the Bible is God's love letter to humanity. That in the story of God, which is the Bible, the Bible is really the story of God and his people. Uh, in, in the Bible, God creates everything. He calls it very good. He uh, calls the people to be his own. And then <clears throat> we break it. We, we sin. We break this whole thing. And in, from Genesis chapter 4 all the way to the last amen of Revelation, it's all about God pursuing a broken relationship with people. That God is pursuing a relationship with you and with you and with you and with me and with all of us. God is pursuing a relationship with the entire world. And God wants to have this fellowship with us. He wants us to have this relationship with him. That is his greatest desire. He did not give up on us <clears throat> even though we sinned and rebelled against him. And like I said, the Bible is the story of God's creation and humanity's rebellion against him and how God has been pursuing this relationship with us ever since. And in Jesus Christ, God made this relationship possible. Through the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, expressed in, in, in belief and repentance and confession and baptism, that when we do what God has called us to do, He washes away our sins, He forgives us and makes us clean, He restores us to relationship, He fills us with His Holy Spirit, and He does all of this by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's an awesome thought, that God is the one that we have wronged, and yet he reaches out to us to restore this relationship. How many of you would do that? Somebody comes to you, and they just smack you in the face and turn around and walk away. How many of you would be like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, I want to forgive you for that. No? You'd be like, what just happened? Why did that, what did I do? What, why are they mad? What, what, what? Hey! We sinned against God? I heard that. Turn the other cheek. But we sinned against God. We turned our backs on Him. We rebelled against Him. And what did He do? He reached out to us and said, I want to restore this relationship that you broke and that I broke. And He wants to restore that relationship with us. And He does that through His Son, Jesus and God sent His only Son, Jesus Christ. He didn't come to die for the animals. He came to die for you and me. He died for people. Why? Because once we were very good, and then we became very bad, and we sinned, and God can make us very good again through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, to bring forgiveness for our sins, to cleanse us, and to forgive us, and to restore that relationship. When we're in our membership class, Albert always talks about how God created us for a purpose and how God created us to hang out with him. I love that term, hang out. You know, that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, we're going to talk about this in a couple weeks, how they got to hang out with God. And then when we broke that relationship, we couldn't hang out with God anymore. But through Jesus Christ, we can have that relationship again. We can hang out with God again. How many of you are hanging out with God today? Well, yeah, you are. You gathered here for, for a great uh, heavenly hangout with Jesus today, and that's awesome. It's because God has reached out to restore that relationship with us because he made us in his image and he wants to restore a relationship with us. My challenge for you today is to see people who they really are. 
see people for who they really are, created in the image of God. To look at people and go, that person is made in God's image. See the very good in people. And I think that to do that, we have to do away with labels. You see, it's easy to hate somebody when they're just a label, when they're just part of a group, when they're just, I don't like those people. I don't like those people. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they act. I don't like the way they sin. I don't like those people over there. I don't like those people. And pretty soon we've labeled everybody and we don't like anyone. Let's do away with the labels. Because when we label people, it's easier to hate. And God calls us to love. God calls us to love people, to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what God has called us to do, to love the people who bear his image. And we need to see people as image bearers. See people as, as the ones who bear and who have been created in God's image. Don't think too highly of yourself, but in humility, the Bible says, consider others better than yourselves. Do not look at a label, do not look at a group, but see people as the ones who have been made in the image of God. Because here's the thing, they have been made in the image of God just as much as you have. That the people that you look at and go, I don't like them very much, they have been made in the image of God. The people that you look at and you don't like their sin, they have been made in the image of God. And they have rebelled against God just as you have rebelled against God, just as I have rebelled against God. And we're all in the same boat, and we all need forgiveness. And that's what God gives through his son, Jesus. I think that we need to reclaim the sanctity of every human life. We need to reclaim the, the Imago Dei. We need to reclaim the fact that people are made in the image of God. So what does that look like? It looks like, well, like what Jesus said to do. To treat others the way you want to be treated. To do unto others as you would have them do unto you. To see others the way that Jesus sees them. To see others the way you want to be seen. As a bearer of the image of God. As God's masterpiece.